Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships can evolve with people evolve as they grow and change? Hi, welcome to another episode of the Curious Fox podcast. The podcast for those who challenge the status quo in love, sex and relationships. I'm Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Mislin. And in this episode, we wanted to focus on exploring the concept of evolution. This is the first episode of the year and of the decade. True. The new decade actually creates more pressure for us to manifest something amazing. Yes. So pressure is on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, this time of year always brings a lot of pressure to let go of the old and embrace the new. And on social media or holiday parties, there was a lot of talk of how this would be a decade of transformation, Mm -hmm. of transforming from one version of ourselves to another And well, you and I have talked and we've decided to take a different approach to this thinking to challenge the status quo, if you will. (laughs) And we're focusing on evolution because while transformation denotes a dramatic change from one thing to another, we're focusing our year on continuing to evolve by stripping away all the things that no longer align with our truth. Our relationships are going to evolve as well as our perspectives, our behavior, our style, our way of showing up in the world. And our deep hope is that this evolution will turn us into more of who we really are and not transform us into somebody else. Absolutely. And, um, you know, people make New Year's resolutions, right? And they're often mm. um, feel very, very radical. Like we want to go from <laughs> never having, um, you know, never having done any exercise to like doing yoga <laughs> twice a day every day, exactly. <laughs> you know? So, and I think um, in this first episode of the year, um, it feels like it's really a good time for us to take a deep dive into evolution and change and make that distinction and, and explore that distinction between um, a radical change versus a transformation. Yes, as opposed to exactly being something else, just being a truer version of who you are, stripping away of all the things that are not making you true. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and I think that that distinction is really powerful because it's actually a softer approach, right? Rather than mm-hmm. saying you're going to be something completely different, which is which is not sustainable and not doable, mm-hmm. um, but to really look at um, evolving into the best version of yourself or, or the truest, most, authen- most authentic version of yourself. Um, and I think, you know, as we always do, we're going to sort of unpack it and understand like the steps and the components of what that looks like, you yeah. know, how we come to the ideas we have, like how do we hold on to something that needs to change or we feel that it needs to change, um, how those ideas and behaviors can be challenged um, and as we awaken to the possibility of change, like what mm-hmm. happens that we suddenly decide that change is upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to talk about the joy and the hardship of evolution and change mm-hmm. um, and how to uh, then reintroduce ourselves to the world as um, the world as we've evolved, as our evolved self, as this, as this sort of truer, mm-hmm. um, evolved, changed version of ourselves um, and and how that plays out in our lives. Yeah, I am 
very excited about this topic. I spend 90% of my day thinking about evolution and change. As you know, in addition to my work in Curious Fox, I'm a change strategist who works with companies and individuals on navigating through change. And so I'll work with a variety of companies from multi-million dollar companies and organizations to how to navigate through leadership change. I also will work with a woman on how to change her career. And much of the framework is the same. So I generally spend my time with people pinpointing the the pain points and, and where the fear is, exploring how they can change the noise, what created that fear, what created that thinking, what they can do about it, determining what behaviors need to change and figuring out how they can live more closely aligned with their vision for themselves and for the work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm really interested in your perspective of it. I, you know, I, I see in my practice you know, a lot of change, right? A lot of the people that I'm working with are people, are uh, often couples who are amidst change. They've decided that monogamy isn't working for them and they want to sort of transition into something different. Um, And often, uh, like you said, it's not, there was something else and they're now like transforming into something new. It's, It's been there all along. They're trying to like tap into the true expression of their their relationship and their connection mm. um, rather than like they were actually, you know, something and then they wake up in the morning and they've now something completely different. Yeah, you know? it's interesting you say because I... I lived in Panama for a year, several years ago, and at the time, my my ex-husband had gotten a Fulbright scholarship, and so he's working on a, a documentary film. And so in the immediate term, I didn't need to work, mm-hmm. and because we were going to live based on this funding. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do yoga, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do watercolor, and every morning I will take a jog. Mm-hmm. And, and this was not who I was in New York, <laughs> uh-huh. but suddenly I felt like once I got there, like that's who I was meant to be and what I would do. And I probably did that for maybe a week and then I just became itchy and was like I need to work I need to do something mm-hmm. and like immediately found a job and like started working and doing all these things and I ended up you know working for the government like it was it became a big project but that's because you know you've shared this who you are one place is who you are yeah, every place. yeah absolutely and just because I was in a different country doesn't mean I was going to be a different person and so this idea of transformation as opposed to really radically accepting who you are mm-hmm. and becoming a truer version of that mm-hmm. and accepting that I think is such it makes such a difference so I'm sure you see that in your work with couples for sure I mean it, it, I mean people because of the nature of my work I am dealing with most people uh, that who are sort of transitioning from one style of, of a relationship to another so we talked about monogamy to non-monogamy or people mm-hmm. who are going from being couples to so they're looking at uncoupling um people who um going from one sexual expression into another so they might be they might have sort of being vanilla all their lives and they discover um, that they may be kinky or they might have, you know, uh, more elaborate ways of expressing their sexuality. They could be into cross-dressing, they could be mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. fetish and whatever it is. And, and they sort of, how do they manage that change from, you know, as, uh, what wasn't originally, a, you know, a vanilla a sex life into something a bit more elaborate than that, right? So along the way, there there are many ways that we that, that there's change happens within the relationships, and I I sort of a lot of the work that I do is around that, mm-hmm. and and then you do similar thing, but specifically for women who are um, looking at changing careers like change it's within careers. true and 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 we talk about this a lot there's so much similarity we work with different populations yeah. outside of this space but there's so much similarity in that process and so that actually that's what i want to talk through because you you just mentioned kind of this discovery point 
Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a buildup that happens before that discovery, right? So there's there's something that leads up to the change. And for most of us from an early age, we receive messaging around how we're supposed to be in the world based on our gender identity, our culture, our religion, where we live, what our caregivers are like. We receive subtle and overt messages about what's expected of us. And then these messages form the scaffolding around how we make decisions and what we believe is possible for ourselves. And over time, we build a life around that scaffolding. We lay bricks of experiences around the perspectives and values that we receive growing up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in, in terms of relationships, we most of us sort of imagine that relationships only exist in one way, which is monogamy. Um, we also hold, hold on to other beliefs, for example, that when you um, when you want to end the relationship with somebody, that the, your only option is a breakup mm-hmm. and that you would never see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't ever occupy the same space. You divide up your, you know, if the, if there are any kind of belongings, you divide those up, you drive friends up, you decide who gets what's bar and you never see them again, right? And there are many other beliefs that we hold on to in that way, in the same way that, you know, I talk about this a lot. If you co- co-living with somebody that you sleep in the same bed, right? So we hold on to all these beliefs based on... Um, the the things that we've absorbed from from mm-hmm. ex- uh, externally. Yes, yeah. I had a client that I was working with who was sharing out how when she was with one of her partners, she kept sharing about her, oh, we should invite a woman to join us and we should do this and that. And at some point the partner said, you know, it sounds like you're bisexual. It sounds like you're really attracted to women. And that had not been a concept that had been acceptable, frankly, mm-hmm. for all of her life. And so it wasn't something that she allowed herself to believe was possible until really hearing those words mm-hmm. out of his mouth. She thought, maybe I am attracted to women. Like maybe that, is that a thing? Could I, could I be that? Could I do that? And so to your point, I think that, and this is what I see is based on the messages that we've heard growing up, we believe certain things are possible Mm -hmm. for ourselves Mm -hmm. and we build again, we build a life around those things. And then for many of us comes this moment, something happens to challenge those early impressions and those early messages at which point the scaffolding around us that we have built begins to lose some stability. Sure, yeah. And so at that point, you're left with some cognitive dissonance. This, that's where there is an inconsistency between your thoughts and belief. There's this mental discomfort between what you think that you want for your life and the beliefs around which you have crafted your life for sure. and what you believe is possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes those beliefs can feel... You know, you, I, you know, I love that you talk about it as scaffolding because, and that the scaffolding uh, that we sort of build our lives on, it feels so, so, um, de- so um, intrinsic. So, like yeah. the thing that is holding everything up, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes those beliefs and those stories feel like facts, yes. unchangeable, undisputable facts, and the only way to be, and 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 we build a life on on top of that. And if there's any way that those are threatened. Um, that sent, that can send like shock waves down the line yeah. across across all parts of your life. You We've know? talked about this as it relates to the distinction between fidelity and loyalty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about their integrity, and that fidelity for some folks is scaffolding. That right. we will be emotionally and sexually committed to each other. And never, neither should mm-hmm. look any other way. And if that idea is shook. And now there's possibility of other people being involved. And now we're thinking instead of fidelity, we're thinking about integrity. Like that can that can really destroy one's sense of family. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And 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 that's also internally and externally, mm-hmm. meaning um, it can sort of really destroy your idea of like family relationships between you and your partner or partners, you know, 
and also of people from the outside. So mm. parents, friends, and if you're suddenly transitioning into like a non-monogamous mm-hmm. structure, it can be really shocking to, the, to those people because it's threatening their belief systems as well. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I experience this a lot in my work too as it relates to folks who are coming out certainly as, as non-monogamous, but also in terms of their gender identity mm. or their sexuality. And based on what you heard growing up, based may feel different than how you mm. feel on the inside. Mm. And then you are stuck with this, again, this cognitive dissonance of, I know what I've been told, what I believe is right, what I've frankly built my life around mm. versus how I feel on the inside. Mm. And some people have the ability to live in the state of of cognitive dissonance their whole lives Mm -hmm. and choose to remain in the house that they have built Mm -hmm. around those external messages all the way to the other extreme where some people have to act immediately. Mm -hmm. That upon knowing in that moment, you know, I shared this example with my partner that um, there had been many signs and we'll talk through that. There had been Mm -hmm. many indications throughout the course of her life that probably she was poly, but you know, she, I don't think that was a reality that she understood Mm -hmm. was possible for Mm -hmm. herself. And then, you know, when she early and I were in our relationship and I had shared out that I was open and that became, she was like, oh wait, that's a thing? And she was like, she read like four pages of opening up and immediately was like, oh, I'm polyamorous, done. And like told everybody in her life, told her, like, you know, told her family, told her siblings, told her, like, it was an immediate sense of action. Like, now I know this thing, I must act. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like those those are the two extremes on the spectrum of some people can live with that discomfort their whole lives mm-hmm. and, and decide, I don't want to shake the building upon which I have built my life, the scaffolding. And others are like, oh, no, yeah. I need to like shake everything up. Burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> yeah. yes. Burn Yes, 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 yes. So I work with both sets of folks kind of in my work of folks who are trying to figure out how to navigate slow change and other folks who are like, hey, I just quit my job. Like now I need to pick up the pieces. <laughs> right, 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 right. The second I felt like I needed and now I did it and like now I need to deal with the destruction. Right, 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 right. And and we talk about that, right? Because it's interesting because we, we, you know, we deal with change in different, yeah. in, in different we, we deal with the mechanics of change in different stories, like yes. the dynamics of change in different stories. Um, and it there seems to be this, you know, um, build up to change. So the discomfort, the early, you know, realizations here and there and um, uh, tension and pressure. And then it sort of builds up to this crescendo, this moment yes. of like, I can no longer do this. Like yes. this no longer works Like you feel me. suffocated and right. now I need to breathe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, we we talked about, um, I think this came up in the relationship transitions episode we did. I think maybe it's like one of the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a different feeling for different people. Like a lot of people I've heard talk about suffocation, what you're mm-hmm. saying, like I'm suffocating. I can't, I can't do this anymore. For me, it's a, it's, um, it's a very distinct feeling that I'm going to turn inside out. Mm. Um, it's almost like an internal pressure um, that I'm just going to like flip inside out. It's mm-hmm. a very like sp- specific feeling. I know it really well. Um, and other people, you know, I hear suffocation a lot. Other people mm-hmm. like just like can't, can't like, it's a very fidgety feeling. Like they can't contain themselves in their skin. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a very, that, that moment, that crescendo, that point of chaos. You're like, oh no, this yeah. is not gonna. And then, you know, whatever needs to happen happens and then the the the, the switch flips yeah and then it, and then from there it's about executing that change yeah How do you make that change okay happen? so we so before we go into the execution of change because i think we're, we're talking about the build-up I, there's two things i'm interested in one is i want to explore what are the potential signs that we may have missed along the way <laughs> yeah. before we got up to this like pressure-filled spot of mm-hmm. of what you call a crescendo of change? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And then also, how do you? And maybe we'll talk about this in terms of the execution. 
But how do you navigate talking to other people mm -hmm. when you are ready for change? It's happening for you. And like other people, you're just now informing other folks. Like, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I've been thinking about this for years. <laughs> right, and right. like now I'm ready and you need to hurry up and be ready. So maybe we'll talk about that in the aftermath. But let's let's explore that a little bit. Like have there been signs again I you know I reference I reference my wife and there certainly were signs along the way in her adult relationship history where there was a pattern of infidelity there was a pattern of of her not feeling quite right or, or always feeling like she didn't fit into the structure mm -hmm. and I think potentially it was just a lack of knowing other stories or knowing other language for it, it as a frame of reference for herself but i'm interested that in, in your stories and i could certainly share mine of with with the couples that you work with um w are there signs that people are missing ignoring are there instincts like you talked about this i know as it relates to codependency for example where at some point there may be an aha moment but there are lots of things along the way that right. could have been signs right 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 you, you, absolutely you know we were actually so as we were discussing the talks about it right because often when we when you and i are dealing with change we're dealing with this like pivot change like yes. this is a moment mm -hmm. as I said the crescendo it's like at a peak moment where change is almost inevitable and it kind of happens and it's it's big and it feels you know urgent urgent exactly yeah. exactly um and to be honest that's not the ideal way to change what change would, would mm -hmm. you agree yes um, because at that point, then, you know, your emotions are involved. Mm -hmm. There's an, a great analogy around the rider versus the elephant and the way in which we think. And so the elephant is representative of the older part of our brain, the reptilian part of our brain that is more rooted in emotion and instinct. And when people talk about their gut feeling and stuff, it mm -hmm. is that kind of more instinctual feeling sense of our brain. And the newer part of our brain that developed over time is the rational thinking part. Mm -hmm. And that's the rider that sits atop the elephant. And as much as the rider thinks that they have control over the elephant and can navigate it to a fro when the ele when the elephant is spooked or aroused in some way or something happens that elephant is just going to run amok and drag <laughs> the rider along with them and that's what happens in these moments of change for us mm -hmm. when there's that sense of urgency is our elephants are really taking over and our our rider is desperately trying to like regain control and it's very difficult so as much as we can be thoughtful about it before we get to that emotional state, mm -hmm. the better for everyone. For sure, yeah, exactly. And I think also at the same time, um, if you deal with if you're dealing with change within a relationship, there are other people's and yeah. other people involved. Like if you've never given any signs that things aren't working for you, and mm -hmm. then you you know you come to that point of no return, yes. and then you like the, the, the switch flips and. Um, and you're like, I, now I am this. Like now, yeah. change is upon us now, and 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 I am there. Um, and the other and the other people or the other person or the other people are like, whoa, whoa, what, where did that come from? Like I had yeah. no idea. Um, and then that can also feel like, you know, it, with the sense the sense of urgency that you mentioned, that there's pressure on the other person to yeah. get with the program quickly now. And there's a reverberation of that. I don't know if I've ever shared that with this audience, but my my parents are divorced. Um, they divorced when I was an adult. It was actually their divorce quite succinctly aligned with my marriage, my first marriage, <laughs> and like literally around the same time. And so that was fun. Um, but they, my mother at some point, for a long time, I think she had been struggling in that relationship. And then at some point she realized that this was not the relationship that she wanted to be 
in um, and said essentially like, I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. and pulled out rather abruptly and quickly. And my father was left feeling really surprised. Mm-hmm. And that created, I have, I have two siblings, that created a lack of trust for the three of us with my mother for a long time because there was a, a looking back of, Estero Perel talks about this, that we know that our future is uncertain and we have a certain sense that we are creating our present, mm-hmm. but our past feels like it is something that we should be sure of. Mm-hmm. And when you look back and say, wait a minute, were you happy then? At that birthday when you were laughing, was that real? Mm-hmm. Like when you were hugging our dad, like, and it makes you question your past, which is wildly dis- dis- like disarming and, and unstabling and un- unstable thinking. And so it may, it really had an impact that rolled for the course of many years outside of just her relationship with my father, but with all of us, because for many reasons she didn't share out. But I think when she had that sense of agency and that, and that sense of alarm and was like, it's time to go mm-hmm. and did it, she didn't realize, I don't believe, mm-hmm. the impact that that would have as opposed to sharing along the way hey, I'm starting to feel this thing and I'm starting to, like the fear around that stopped her, but I think it had worse consequences by her not doing it. Yes, no, yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. And I think, um, especially if you're holding onto it in your head for a long time, it doesn't feel so new to you, right? Right. You're just saying it, but to everyone around you. Right, I'm sure there's like a sense of like, I'm not like, hello. (laughs) Right, right, right. Clearly I'm not happy. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And I think sometimes people don't, like we talked about cognitive dissonance and and I think also people, sometimes we just sort of get on with our lives Without necessarily reflecting how we're feeling, especially if we have ambivalence about things, and mm-hmm. um, so, so I, I mean, I think it's worth sort of thinking about. Like, I think if change is needed, I think it should, ha- you know, that you should allow Absolutely. yourself to happen. Right. I think, you know, whether you've waited until the last second or you've caught it earlier, if it's there, you have to deal with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So that story, correct? I appreciate you saying that because that story is not to say, well, now that you've waited too long, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now yeah. you're stuck. Exactly, exactly. I think it's more to say if you're starting to feel little signs of something, right. exactly. is there safe enough space to have that conversation? And frankly, if you don't feel like there is safe space to have that conversation, that's also a sign. Right. Right. Exactly. 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 And um, so um, I, I think that's a really good thing to discuss. Like, what are those signs? What, what yes. can we watch out for? And I think I would argue mm-hmm. that most of us have a sense of things that aren't right. Yes. Way earlier than yes. we get to that point of no return. Yes. Way earlier. So what are those signs? I think in terms of relationships, um, boundaries are a big sign. Mm-hmm. And often I find, what I, at least what I see in my practice within relationships is we um st- we start um we don't uh stick with our own boundaries that mm-hmm. we cross our own boundaries if you're finding that regularly you're crossing your own boundaries or that you have a sense that your boundaries aren't valued or important mm. um that i think that's a really sort of important sign that things aren't right that mm-hmm. you're you're misaligned with what you know how you want to be in a relationship or the relationship itself actually but you're misaligned with what's available in the relationship mm. or you're misaligned with your partner your partner's needs um and i think that's a big sign mm-hmm. yeah you reference this when when as we were talking about this idea and this concept about if you don't want to go to bed <laughs> but you just you still go to bed at the same time yeah. and that's such a small example but it, it really does because i reflected back and i was like oh no i've totally done that yeah. where i wasn't tired but I'm like i guess we're all we're going to bed now yeah. I'm like why though <laughs> like why and is that a sense of or you know and I've had this conversation with, with some of the women that I work with 
this idea of like playing possum in bed. So your partner reaches over and starts touching in a sexual way. And as opposed to vocalizing, like you're not in that space, you just stay perfectly still. Yes, you just like, if I don't move, if right. I pretend that I'm sleeping, right. if I like roll over in a way that indicates like I'm half asleep, then maybe they'll stop. As opposed, like there's so many of these little, little moments. Things. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And that doesn't mean, oh, now we should break up. It doesn't mean, or, you know, it doesn't I mean it's just oh there's something there yeah. that maybe warrants self-exploration maybe it's not even discussion maybe right. you're journaling maybe you're just quiet with yourself and you're thinking about it maybe it is conversation something yeah yeah i i, I think what um what, what personally what i always look out for is misalignment mm -hmm. you know that you're doing things that not necessarily in line with what you need or what you want mm -hmm. um and what you want to experience so going back to sort of going to bed at the same time right it's mm -hmm. um it's a real like a fun um, acid test type trick trick type thing that I um, throw at people you know yeah. do you find yourself regularly um, going to bed at a time that you don't necessarily want to be it stay up later or go going earlier right mm -hmm. do you just go to bed whenever your partner goes to bed mm -hmm. um, even though you might want to stay up and do something else or that you've you know you've been wanting to go to bed for ages and you stayed up for them right. you know so um, because we you know we have different needs right yes. and and often people are in sync and you know you might find that you do genuinely want to go to bed at the same time mm -hmm. but watch out for those times when you don't yes you yes know? that makes sense and I think that falls under the pet so in, in the work and again most of the work that I do with folks is around things like career transition and kind of life transitions outside of just relationship mm -hmm. um and there are patterns that I find is if, if you're feeling silenced mm -hmm. if you're feeling confined if you're feeling limited that could be in your relationship it could be in your work it could be with your friendship groups mm -hmm. so is so those three things I would say silence confined or limited that though you'll you'll recognize those in little moments but eventually that will build up over time and that is what will lead to that moment of feeling suffocated which will then you'll just be gasping for air and want immediate and urgent change and so yeah you know without trying to prescribe a path for people we'll talk a little bit about when you feel like you need to navigate through change what do you do next but you know when you know when you're feeling that way you for know sure. what that looks like yeah yeah um the other sign i would say is a um chronic dissatisfaction mm. you know when you're just not getting what you need and you feel you feel dissatisfied you know, yeah. I think I think the reason I say chronic dis dissatisfaction is because um, dissatisfaction sometimes is normal. Mm -hmm. Like life isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. um, we're not perfect beings that can sort of live up to the Buddhist expectation, the Buddhist um, teachings of no expectation, no attachment, right. you know, deal with life as it comes. Right. That's ideal. But mostly we have expectations right. and um, sometimes those expectations aren't met and sometimes they are. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, so if it's chronic, if you chronically find yourself dissatisfied, that, you, that, that you're not getting what you want out of uh, out of your life, your career, your relationships, mm -hmm. um, and that there doesn't seem to be a platform or, or um, space and time to talk about it. Yes. Be it because you don't have the language for it, be it because you think you might hurt your partner, be it because you, um, you know, you worried that they are going to get angry, whatever mm -hmm. the story that is in place so that you have chronic dissatisfaction and you're not able or willing to talk about it. Again, it's a sign. Yeah. And to, I, you know, I think that's an incredible point around the story tell the stories mm -hmm. that we tell ourselves. Certainly, I, I experience that in, in folks when I have conversations with them about their careers where they say, well, you know, I got to stick with a career and, and, and have the 401k and have the retirement plan. And this is what it is. Like nobody's happy in their jobs. Or we hear this with relationships, right? Well, we have children together. And so when they graduate from 
high school or college or there is sometimes these stories that we say of the responsible thing to do is stick it out through the unhappiness. Now, certainly I'm not advocating for it. Again, Esther Perel talks about this, that we have moved from leaving something because we are not happy to leaving something because maybe we could be happier, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And so there's there's something to be said to your point about chronic dissatisfaction and not necessarily saying, well, like I'm not happy. I could be happier here and, mm-hmm. and just jumping ship. But the realization that if you are continue to tell yourself a story, I, I will resigned to being mm-hmm. chronically dissatisfied mm-hmm. to feeling silenced and suffocated mm-hmm. because that's what I signed up for. I made my bed. Right. I have to lie in it now. Right. Right. That there's that that's worth some, some, some reflection around where those stories came from. For sure. Absolutely. Where were those messages? You know, one of the things that I talk with my clients about is I have them write out, like I have them first vision out their dream for their life. Mm-hmm. They're wild, spectacular, untraditional, whatever it looks like. What is your dream for your life, for your relationship, for your career? And as they're writing on a separate piece of paper, anytime a voice comes up in your mind, that's like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's not possible. Stop. That's silly. Write that thing down. So keep writing your vision, Mm -hmm. but on another piece of paper, write down all those messages. At the end of the visioning session, look at those, that list of messages and try to give that voice. Who is saying that Mm -hmm. thing? When you hear that thing that says that's irresponsible, that's crazy. You could never, whose voice does that sound like? Is that your parents? Is that your, the church? Is that what you're hearing in the media? Is that what you're hearing when you look at yourself in the mirror? Like, what is that thing? And start to peel away around, are those things truths? What are those things rooted in? If they're rooted in fear, how let's let's reality check that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like really how how like what is the fear around decoupling we talked about this mm-hmm. right or uncoupling that there is this fear sometimes at the end of a relationship that like the world will crumble mm-hmm. and for many of us we are not with our high school sweetheart we have experienced what it's like to live through a breakup and we thought and we cried on the floor and played cold play in the background <laughs> and thought we would die and then we didn't right, right. <laughs> and then we fell in love again and then we mm-hmm. right so like how real is that fear and and that perception so you know go through that exercise if that's helpful for you write down your vision capture what it is those messages and then try to name them and then challenge them yeah say okay how true are you message right for sure yeah i hear that too it's like well we couldn't do that this is what i would want but we couldn't do that because we already have this thing like and and it's interesting when even when you're doing visioning sessions or sort of Mm -hmm. what is like the ultimate i talk about like what's your ultimate design let's talk about your perfect house like perfect home perfect you know relationship similar idea it's people will start and immediately they'll be like well i I want this but it you know i can't because we already like put you know we already got a mortgage you know and and it's very hard to get people to be like okay we're just dreaming right now yes and and you know it's okay like we'll deal with the mortgage in a minute but like let's just see if we can get past that dream and it gets in the way of people dreaming it's true it's so it's so interesting because i was having a coaching session the other day with a woman who wants to write and wants to speak and, and wants a larger platform for her work and in envisioning that or beginning to she already stopped herself and was like but then people are going to really know me and that'll impact my privacy mm-hmm. and then i'll have to be working all the time and i'll have to i'm like okay you haven't put up a single post yet mm-hmm. so before we get to the place where like the paparazzi is like following you to <laughs> about, and i and i it's interesting because i use the analogy of the house i said it, it feels like you're you live at home with your parents right now and you're like i want to move out and i want this big house with five bedrooms and a pool and but who's gonna clean that and the gas bill is gonna be crazy and you're already and you're i might as well just stay here and you're like or you get a studio (laughs) that you can afford. Like, let's talk baby steps. And I think that's part of what you're saying Mm -hmm. is that even in the visioning process, it becomes like, well, how could I? And I, and I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned in my actually opening up journey was future me 
who have the insight, the capacity, the emotional intelligence to deal with future me's problem. Mm -hmm. That I was trying to solve problems now Mm -hmm. that didn't come up, that didn't exist, that I may never have to deal with and that I wasn't ready for. And that when two years down the line, that thing came up, I was more ready for that thing because of the life experiences that I had achieved up at that point. And so if you're worried about that, if you're like, what will future me do? I I guarantee you future you is going to figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I think. um, And that's uh, that's about building faith in yourself that you'll you'll deal with it. You'll deal with it. Um, The other thing I think is similar and related is knowing that things are not working out is if you feel like you have no options Mm. right so it's like that you don't have options like it goes back to the idea of like well you know we have kids or we have we have the mortgage already like Mm -hmm. if you're if the stories that you are um tapping into are constantly eliminating your options Mm -hmm. and your language it will show up in your language like oh i have to do this yeah you know, I have to do this. I have to do this. Very rarely you have to, you have to do things. Yeah. You know, there are very few things in the world that you have to do. Yes. Um, right. You're making a choice. Right. Yes. Um, and, and if you're finding yourself that a lot of the time your behavior is from this, air, this idea of like, I have to do this mm-hmm. again, like something you might want to reflect, you yeah. know, you want to reflect it, like what's, what's making you. Um, believe that or what's the story behind that and yeah. and do you really have to do it yeah or are you just afraid mm-hmm. that or one you don't like your options right mm-hmm. it's often when people say I, I have to do something it doesn't mean that they feel like they have to they just don't like their options and it's often not that they don't like their options they don't like the consequences right or what it would take to engage those other options right, right? We're afraid of change, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's easier for us to say, I have to do this, than say, okay, here's another option. You know, it's going to suck to engage with that option mm-hmm. and it's going to require change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I won't do it. Like, I'll just just hold on to this belief that I have to do this other thing. Yeah, you know? it's true. And I think, you know, I don't want to make light certainly of change. I think, again, you and I live in that space mm-hmm. all day and the people that we work with. And, and I want to underscore how we got to this place, which is, you received messages very early on mm. around what was possible for you, what was appropriate, what was okay, what what you should be doing. And you built a life around that thing. And now 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years later, you're feeling like this life that you've built around these messages that you received don't align with how mm-hmm. you feel. And the deconstruction of that old life to build something that is in alignment with this tiny voice that you're hearing, it is not easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, we, I think we should both give some strategies around how, you know, what we tell our clients around how to navigate mm-hmm. through that. But as we're talking through the signs, I, I don't want us to sound, I don't want our audience to feel like we're saying, like, you, you, you know, if you're going to bed at different times, you need to go and have that come <laughs> right. You need to know, like, this is, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be long. And one's life is long and precious. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, mm-hmm. like, you know, doing the work, if possible, if you feel mm-hmm. safe enough to deconstruct it, to rebuild something. Mm-hmm. And we are both talking from experience. Effie and I have both deconstructed old lives. <laughs> yes. Old yes. careers, old relationships, yes, yes. structures, and have lived to tell the tale. Yeah. 
Yeah. We are stories of thriving for you to relate relate to yes. and rely on. We're trying every day. Yes, it's yeah, true. Yeah. And it's a, and that's the other thing too, right? Is evolution is a constant effort. Yes. Like it's yeah. a constant listening in and peeling away. Yeah. One of the things that I try to get better at just in the spirit of staying consistent in alignment with who I am is creating quiet space. Mm -hmm. My mind is constantly mm -hmm. working and thinking and strategizing. Mm -hmm. And trying to build as much quiet time as possible where I can really, or in those moments of discomfort, another pattern of mine is push down the feeling and start moving, work, mm -hmm, do, mm -hmm. think, right, go. And trying now to have a discipline around, ooh, something feels yucky, sit in the yucky, mm -hmm. sit in it, like sit in the mm -hmm. animal and feel like, why is that yucky? What triggered that? What is that message trying to tell me? What is that feeling? You know, the, the feelings are like um, when you're driving your car and you receive a message that says uh, you need more gas, mm -hmm. right? right? You can't ignore it. <laughs> and then at some point, your car will stop moving. Yeah. It is just a message that right. you should like check on it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to do now with my feelings. Um, and so let, let's talk a little bit about that. What do you do? So you've gotten, you, you've heard the messages, you built a life. Now you're realizing there needs to be change. Mm -hmm. And you're at this point, this like pivot point mm -hmm. of transition and evolution. I think the first thing that you want to do in that space is start to change the noise around you. Mm hmm up until this point, again, you've likely aligned yourself with folks that have, and it's not even people, but certainly it's people. It's what you're listening to in podcasts. Mm -hmm. It's the books that you're reading. It's the, you know, the community that you keep, what you're, and all of that is sending particular messages, which could be the antithesis of what you need in order to feel like other things are possible. For sure. And so starting to find other communities and stories that just begin to introduce possibility of different ways of being and living, I think is the first step. Absolutely. And also just the way that our brains function, right? Mm. Our brains um, seek familiarity mm. and we were more likely to go with things that are familiar than go with things that are have possibility for greatness mm -hmm. right so uh, it's a it's a it's a part of the survival system that you know even with that within our language we say things like better the devil you know yes right so change is unpredictability and and ambiguity and our brains are designed to, to not like that because it's not safe right? yes with with things that are predictable at least you have you know what's coming and if it might not be good for you but you can protect yourself and survive with things that you know yes so some of it is just realizing that your brain is gonna it, it follows patterns if, mm -hmm. if you're not conscious it's just gonna follow patterns mm -hmm. so I would um I would take almost like a half a step back and and start to think about what are my patterns? Yeah. What are the things that I see myself repeat over and over again? And that is in every part of your life. That is in your relationships. Are you uh, chances are you are having the three arguments mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Right? And I bet you anything in your career, you're having the same struggles, same mm. five struggles with your bosses and the last three, you know, bosses mm -hmm. or the three people that work under you over and over again. It might look and it might seem different, but in the core of it and dynamic of it, I think it's, you're going to look at the, you, they're going to be the same things. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And actually, okay. So let's explore that even more. Let's work with our brain. To your point, our brain looks for pattern, looks for familiarity. Mm -hmm. One way of 
hacking that, if you will, because your brain is going to continue to look for what's familiar, is to decide was it what is it that I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. Create a mantra, create a vision mm -hmm. board, write it down, something mm -hmm. so that you can start to tell your brain, look for this instead. Yes. If that's ever happened to you where this happened to me where I was, uh, I noticed way too late, many years later, like people wearing Tom's shoes. And mm -hmm. I was like, what is this brand Tom's that you they give away? And I don't know what. But as soon as I noticed it, suddenly everyone was wearing Tom's. <laughs> I had never seen them before. Right. I saw this commercial. Now everyone, my once my brain was attuned to something, I could see it everywhere. Right. And so if you tell your brain, I am now looking for evidence of X, mm -hmm. your brain can start to look for that. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Cognitive bias, right? We call yeah. that a cognitive bias. Mm -hmm. So it absolutely happens. So I, I think some of it is is sort of recognizing those patterns and, and seeing like what are the what are the challenges. So yeah. like do some introspection and reflection. And then um the next step is what you're saying is absolutely true. Well, what are my options? What what what, is, what does it look like outside these patterns, right? Yeah. And um, both you know here in, on Curious Fox and in my work, we talk um, we talk a lot about um, uh, changing the noise, mm -hmm. right? Really, sort of looking at um, doing things differently, listening to different podcasts, reading different books, and looking at things that are outside um, what we normally hear and um, tapping into permission and, and inspiration, right? Yes. The idea is that um, it's hard to imagine things if you don't know them, yes. right? Some of us are lucky and we get in touch with our, you know, ourselves, our core, and we have the creative thinking enough to sort of imagine things that we've never seen before or mm -hmm. imagine relationships that we've never experienced or, you know, there's, a, there's really only a, that there's a rare person who can come up with like, truly original never experienced desires that they can go out and seek in the world really what we need most of us need is inspiration yeah. is looking what are what are how are other people living their lives what are other careers what are other um relationship styles right so that's mm -hmm. that's inspiration and then the next from that is and this is why aligning with the community um mm -hmm. is really important is permission mm -hmm. right so a lot of the time we are stuck in our shoulds and musts and have tos and how could i do that and what would the neighbors say <laughs> and you know how mm -hmm. would i explain this to my parents and mm -hmm. you know all these things and then within those communities within finding people who are either tackling change like you are or change or 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 the things that you are interested in that you might be evolving into is that you're you're going to get um inspiration and permission mm -hmm. and and those are the things i think was really going to make that that you're going to empower you through that change yeah. and you're going to need that. Absolutely right. So that makes sense. So if the first step we're saying is kind of falls on this, this umbrella of visualizing the life mm -hmm. that you want and mm -hmm. all of that means understanding how you got to this place, evaluating your patterns, telling your mind this is what we're looking for instead to allow your mind to like start searching for different things, looking for stories and community that allow for inspiration and permission. If, if step one is visualizing the life that you want and all the things that go in there, then I think step two is starting to build behaviors mm -hmm. that align with that vision. Mm -hmm. And part of that is creating a plan. So finding information that allows you to move through the next mm -hmm. steps. That could be listening to podcasts, mm -hmm. that could be reading books, that could be having conversations with other people, but really starting to figure out some of the practical aspects of, okay, well, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. What does this life look like? What, what does, does that look mean? Like? Yeah, exactly. Right. And to, to fill in some of those gaps because most of the fear comes from lack of information or misinformation. Right, right. So really reading and, and, and absorbing or attending events again. So if you listen, if you watch, if you attend, if you read, whatever that looks like, 
starting to gather information so that in your mind, you can fill in some of the pictures of that visualization that mm -hmm. you're doing and start to craft a plan around now, what do I do? For sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, we should, you know, put out that, that we know that it's easier said than done. Absolutely right. You know, um, and I think with that, you're also gonna discover um, resistance and fear, yes. right? As soon as you visualize those things, um, I think, you know, there's um, uh, like a, a dual awareness or um, what is that? That's a great, there's a great term for it when you're essentially, um, you feel two things at the same time. Mm. You feel um, joy and excitement and hope because you've just like, visualize something and you put yourself in the middle of this thing you, you yes. know you visualized you know a beautiful fluid open relationship where you and your partner are you know communicating and 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 it feels good and you're sort of immersed in um compersion and mm -hmm. good communication mm -hmm. and at the same time um you know while you're feeling joyful and hopeful that you're like filled with fear and you're right. like what about Exhausted jealousy what about the idea <laughs> yeah. of the work that lies ahead right right exactly exactly it's and true. i think Brene brown talks about sort of this moment moment yeah. when you look over um like new parents look over the crib yes. um of their brand new baby and yeah. they're like they're filled with excitement and hope and love and at the same time dread and fear of yes. like what's what comes ahead you yes. know and all the things that can go wrong you know yes, and then feeling feels like my constant state of fear <laughs> <laughs> and i constantly try to work through of like this is amazing oh no <laughs> yeah exactly and i think those things are normal i think we should we should say that you know mm -hmm. we should say that those things are normal yeah they're part of change and part of like going to those places yes. and imagining like all the things that can happen yes it's true and so let's let's dig into just a little bit of the, the planning phase right so the first step is the visualization and we went through that and kind of how you work through your brain if the next step is making a plan part of that is starting to have conversations mm. with the people in your lives yeah. around this is what's happening for me and this is what I'm thinking and you know one of the things that I have experienced in in my work is when when someone gets to the point of change and they have negotiated in their mind and they have moved to the place of excited about it or again a sense of urgency around it they share that out with the same level of either excitement or impatience. Mm. And there is this like quick desire of either be joyful with me mm -hmm. that I want to go through this transition, even if it impacts you, mm. or hurry up and get there. It took me, it took me my entire life. It mm -hmm. took me, you know, 40 years to get to this place. But I need you to get there within the course of this 20 minute conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and so maybe be, you know, part of the charge to the audience is. Be sensitive to the fact that change may not be new to you, mm -hmm. but this change is new to those around you. Absolutely. And you may need to make room for that and allow them to be comfortable with this change. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. And and the fact that, you know, we are um, ideally interdependent folks, meaning we're people that, are, you know, we're, in, we're interdependent, we're interlinked with a bunch of other people. So change, you know, I think change, we talked to, you know, you and I talk about how change starts from within first, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you're changing internally, which then reflects your external experience, which then resonates to every, everybody who you're linked to, yeah. right? And if you are, you know, if you started that process, like you said, like, you know, a year ago, and it's been on your mind all the time, but no one, nobody knew about it. And suddenly you like dropped it on the table. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear it. I personally um, experience it in sessions with, you know, one partner tells to the other person they want to be open, mm -hmm. right? And, and they're like, oh, well, I've been thinking about this for years. You know, and the other partner is like, what did, did we got married? You know, like, yeah. did you, you're changing the script. And, yeah. and um, I think if, if that's where you are, changes upon you, that's what you need to deal with. You need to dedicate, allocate 
space energy patients mm -hmm. um, to enroll those around you and realize that it might take them longer and that you're going to have to do some emotional labor um, to really get them along with you and roll mm -hmm. them into what your, you know, what what is that your desire is, what your what your change is. It doesn't mean to say you impose change on them, mm -hmm. but there needs to be some enrolling happening where they feel safe and heard as well, and they're not kind of, you know, I I I I um I call it this like tapping your foot and waiting, yes, you like yes. tapping your foot and like looking at your watch, exp you know, um, yes. vibe of like, come on, get with the program, you know, yes. like that's just not going to happen. It's going to isolate the other person. Mm -hmm. It's going to make them feel that they're not hurt. They don't get a choice in the matter. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's huge within relationship because yeah. relationships are a collaborative experience. And if you're excluding your, your collaborator, your, your, your teammate, um, and you're kind of just like waiting in the finish line, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, yeah. you're gonna wait a long time like you need to go back and get them over the hurdles yeah. you know or you can just wait there yeah and I'll, I'll let me actually i'll personalize that because i so you know i'm i have my master's degree in social work i'm i'm, I'm certified in, in, in um complex change theory and all of that is because i'm actually change adverse like i yeah. really do not <laughs> like like there's a there's a big part of me that's like terrified of change and so you know my personality type is when something scares me i lean into it fully mm. i'm the type of person that if i have a sore in my mouth like my tongue is completely pressed against it like I lean into the pain and the discomfort because that's where how it I can get through it and when I when my marriage transitioned into into the practice of open we started off always open but from the practice of open um my my wife started in a relationship and you know there was the kind of there was emotional infidelity there so there was a connection there an emotional connection there before she really had the conversation with me about what was going on in that space and when she did we were at a place where she was feeling impatient. This mm -hmm. is something now that I've been involved in that I want to escalate and move forward. And I'm letting you know so that now I have your blessing. So I'm going to go do the thing. And I was like, wait, wait, what? What's mm -hmm. happening and what's going on? And the analogy I gave at the time is it felt like I had believed that we would inch into the water together, inch into this ocean of the next phase of our lives. And we'd feel out the temperature together and jump the waves together. And, and instead, it felt like I'd opened my eyes and I'd been plopped into the middle of the ocean. Mm. And I was desperately trying just to keep my head above water, mm. let alone have been given the, the opportunity to ease into it. And so have been, having been on the other side of that message of the tapping of the foot, mm -hmm. you know, that's what it feels like. It For feels sure. like just being dropped into it and expected now to swim and thrive and you're just trying not to drown yeah 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 i i have a practice full of people who are telling me the same <laughs> yes. story you yeah. know that one person dropped dropped it on yeah. the other person and they are seeing um i love what estelle Farrell says that th therapy is like a drop-off center <laughs> like even though you're coming in with as a, as a couple really just like one person like dropping the other person off and waiting the therapist to like <laughs> yes. to fix them you know yes, and, yes. And, and, and i i get that you know it's like one person dropped it on the other person mm -hmm. and they start coming to see you know a coach about you know mm -hmm. um open relationships and really it's that that person who's ready and ready yeah. to move is that just like tapping their foot and waiting right. for the sessions to just like make the other person come along yes. you know um and it sometimes takes a whole session just to just to, to let people know that that's not my job yeah. i didn't change the script yes. you know i'm here to guide and facilitate as you work things out but as the person who now decided you know that there needs to be change that the relationship needs to look differently mm -hmm. it's it's your job to explain why and what's motivating you and what you want it to look like and 
what are the possibilities what is the middle of the venn diagram of what you want and what they want mm -hmm. and how can you like identify that part and 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 sort of expand out from there and mm -hmm. and my job is to facilitate yeah. not to change the other person you know mm -hmm. and i think um this is why it's important to look at try to catch it as early as you can if you were at a place where we talked about that you're 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 feeling um suffocating and you feel mm -hmm. like there's you're just out of options and you're just there's no other way but change that is not a good time to be dealing with this stuff you're not going to be kind to yourself you're not going to be kind to people around you and that's and and ironically that's the time when you need those people the most you yeah, know true. um so you know, go back and listen to, and we'll go through them again. Like, what are some mm -hmm. of the the, the the clues that you have that yeah. you, then you need to make a change? Try yes. to try to find courage. You know, I really, um, mm -hmm. if you're struggling with courage, I really, really recommend Brené Brown's work. Yes. Um, you know, how do you tap into courage? How do you get there? Find the courage to tackle it as early as you can, where you still have energy, um, you know, mm -hmm. mental bandwidth, uh, patience to bring the other person along. Yes. You know, if you're just like, if you have none of that, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that it is important for us to say that aligning yourself with a coach or a therapist or, you know, somebody who can help you navigate through that mm -hmm. process, particularly if you're at that point of suffocation right. and that things need to change now, having that third party that is a safe space to have these conversations because so that, you know, as a, as a, you know, if you're in partnership or in your family, whatever that looks like, that's where we're going to talk about it. And it doesn't necessarily need to spill into all the spaces of your life, I think is really valuable. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I should, and, let me finish the story. We, you know, we, I was dropped in the middle of the ocean <laughs> and it was terrifying and I felt like I was drowning. And we are now more than two years after that moment. And we're in the best place that we ever were. And part of that is what we realized was, and, and, you know, I encourage you to think about what are the lessons learned in what, what got you to that place of that extreme change or that moment of clarity that, that took so long to get there and dropping the other person in the middle of the ocean. What we realized were, there were some things in our relationship around communication that we needed to work through. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily always create safe space for her to turn to me and say, hey, this is something that I'm, I'm interested in exploring. And similarly, there was a lot of self-work that she had to do and therapy and, and coaching that she had to do around realizing, oh, there were patterns that I was ignoring that I was first like, oh, this person is interesting. And that would turn to flirting. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to say anything because it's just flirting. Mm -hmm. And then it would turn to a little bit more emotional connections. Like, well, but this is not something serious. And then suddenly it felt like I'm falling in love. And well, now I can't tell you because I'm falling in love. Like they were, they, she was receiving messages along the way. And she had to dig into what were the things that in her own personal narrative, based on the scaffolding that she had, based on the messages that she had, and deconstruct those things. And so with the personal work that each of us did, and then the collective work we're in a really healthy place now it took that kind of scary situation mm -hmm. to get us to a place where we are we were great then we're even better now um but it could be opportunities if you're in the midst of that right now yeah. there is a potential for a beautiful future whether Absolutely. you're together or not there's a potential for a beautiful <laughs> right, future there right, right right and i hope that this actually um this if you're listening to this what we're talking about right now and these are the things that are swimming in your head and you haven't said anything yet um let this be permission let yeah. this be inspiration this is your sign yeah this is a sign <laughs> like find that courage um start those conversations and seek help you know yeah. don't wait till 
you want to, you know, you quit your job to get, mm -hmm. you know, support around career change, you know, yes. don't wait till, you know, you're, you can't bear to be in the same house with your partner for you get support around, you know, aligning your relationship in a better way. Yeah. Um, you know, be, you know, be it us because you're listening to us or being somebody else, like get somebody involved, um, find courage, um, align. Yes. Yes. And speaking about, so that I think that leads beautifully to the next and third step, I think in our process, if the first step is visualize the life that you want and do all the mental work and the brain work to get yourself there. If the second is start to build behaviors around that life, the third is align yourself with the community, mm -hmm. really finding support and finding community when you are in the midst of this change so that you feel like you are not alone that is the worst feeling is to feel alone in something and you don't have to be and maybe in your particular geographical community there is not there's not a community but maybe you can go online mm -hmm. certainly if it's around you know non-monogamy you can come to curious fox if it's around you know career transitions you can go to crafting your path if it's around like whatever if, if find the community of trailblazers find the community of impact makers find the community of you know non-traditional whatever that looks like online there's every single community <laughs> yes. that could possibly exist yes. there are meetups for everything but find other people yeah, absolutely absolutely and i think um the the you'd be surprised how quickly that tension will release of like yeah. what's going to happen and all the stories that you're coming up in your head of the worst case scenario mm -hmm. and the the, 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 sort of the catastrophe that you're imagining that the world's going to end, the, you know, um, the, you know, the darkness and that you're alone and there's nobody yeah. out there. It's just not true. Yeah. You know, it's very, very unlikely that if you are, you know, unhappy in your relationship, you're the only person. Yes. And you've talked about this, that moment of recognition of like, me too. Yeah. Yes. Like when you hear something, you're like, wait, you're thinking that that <laughs> happened to you? And there's just that it does. It feels like a relief, like yeah. a release of that feeling alone. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, even the things that we talked about on this episode, like yeah. your, your, I'm sure your, your ocean uh, metaphor, yeah. I am. In fact, please write to us. Like, yeah. please, yeah. I am I am convinced yeah. there are you yeah. know so many people who are listening to this yeah. saying, I know exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it felt right. like, you know. Right. Um where and, they want me to be swimming and I feel like I'm drowning. Right, yeah. right, right. And and, yeah. and this thing, like, you know, beautifully told of like, we thought we were just gonna like wade in and like dip our toe in, <laughs> check the temperature, and I'm like, I now I'm like yeah. yeah. Um so I'm I'm convinced there's so many and and you know, come mm -hmm. on to the um Curious Fox um Facebook group yes. um, just search for it we're now searchable mm -hmm. um, Curious Fox um, and come into the group and just tell us if that resonated with you in the same way go to our um, Instagram or uh, wherever you can find us mm -hmm. just drop a line saying oh yeah that thing that I heard really resonated with me and the reason why I'm saying that because you are gonna see on these threads other people who Absolutely. are saying it resonated with me. That's exactly how I feel. Yes. Um, so that's why it's, that's why I'm encouraging you. Like find those threads. Go on Instagram, yes. go on Facebook, go yes. on. We're all over the place. Just search for Curious Fox. It's so interesting because when I meet folks who are in the midst of transition, again, in my world, it's really career transition. In Curious Fox world, it's, it's relationship transition. I often hear people say, well, I can't afford a coach or I can't afford mm -hmm. a... 
you know, co- uh, Effie is a relationship coach and meets with people and, you know, in, in their relationship constructs one on one and created Curious Fox as an opportunity for folks who could not necessarily afford one on one, who can still get access to resource and community information. I did the same. Right. I meet with folks one on one. I created Crafting Your Path as an opportunity to have online and in-person experience. So the, my point is those things exist for that reason. If, if follow us on social media at Coach Effie Blue, Jacqueline Missa. You can follow us online. We are constantly sharing tips and quotes and handouts and tools and events and stuff. I, I share that to say not to be not to self-promote, but I'm saying there are resources available. Mm-hmm. If it's not us, there are tons of others, right. amazing authors and YouTube stars mm-hmm. and and you know bloggers who have information and resources. Find it; mm-hmm. it exists out there for, for sure, you. for sure. And um, the other thing, you know, uh, I, I, my expert expertise areas of relationships, and Jackie um, is career change. And um, one thing that uh, is often true is that if you have dissatisfaction and a need for change in one area, mm-hmm. the chances are um, it's showing up and that it's, it's, it exists in other parts of your life as well. So if you're finding that you're thinking, oh, you know, you want me to change in your relationship, um, have a think about your career. Have a think about your, like the, the, sort of the three main areas of your life, right? So you have your relationships, including family, you have um, career, and then you have social life, right? Those are your sort of three main areas. Of course, there are, everyone's different. Everyone's life is, is, is different, but they're kind of the three main areas of, of our lives. And, and often they're, I mean, they are interlinked right. and you are the common denominator. Right, right. If there are patterns in one, if you're not speaking up, if you're feeling suffocated, if you're feeling resentful because you feel like you're taking on too much, I cannot tell you the amount of conversations that I have, particularly again with women who talk about their resentment around taking on more at work Mm -hmm. and not being recognized for what they're doing. And then we start to have conversations about that same feeling happening at home. That, you know, these patterns are existing in multiple places. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that actually is, is when you really tackle those things and when you address those behavior, when you see new ways of, of being in those patterns, those things enlighten up in all of those spaces. Absolutely. You know, I know you and I have seen that in our careers, in our relationships, in our relationships with friends and partners and our family, that once we started to address some of those things, that that heaviness that we may not have even known existed mm-hmm. starts lightening up in all of yeah, these spaces. For sure. And the chances also are that one could easily be impacting the other and you don't yeah, realize that you might not be willing to, you know, it might be too tender to look at the, the dissatisfaction in your relationship mm-hmm. so that you kind of really lean in, into the dissatisfaction of uh, in your career mm-hmm. or the other way around where actually if you sort of addressed one the other one might not feel mm-hmm. as urgent or as dire mm-hmm. you know it could, you might you might be just like projecting because you don't want to you don't want to admit or you don't want to go near the work that you need to do with your partner because it feels too tender too emotional um then you might just like put all your dissatisfaction onto work mm-hmm. and then it could just be like i hate my you know hate my job i hate my job i hate my boss i hate my team or whatever it is that might not be entirely true it mm-hmm. might just be like you're just loading everything into one area because you just don't want to deal with everything else yeah. you know and that if you maybe if you dealt with some of those things not not every that the other things might not feel as dire and as bad yeah so we started off the podcast talking about the distinction between transformation and evolution, right? Transforming from one thing magically to another. Me going to Panama and then suddenly becoming, you know, a yogi who paints <laughs> and, like, you know, meditates, and, right? To instead this idea of evolution and change, which for us we are defining as a stripping away of all of the things that are not aligned with our truth. 
that over the course of our lives, we continue to stay tuned in enough to ourselves that we keep hearing from the inside what is in alignment and we strip away everything else. And that stripping away can be challenging. It can be uncomfortable. It can be painful. And there is another side. Like if you do it and you do it with community and support and, you know, there's another side to that. And so, you know, the three things that we talked about for you to consider are first, visualize the life that you want. Allow yourself to go through that process. In the midst of that, you can hear some of the external messages that you're telling yourself around why that's not possible. Dig into that. Build behaviors that are in alignment with that, including talking to people and be sensitive to the people that you're talking to, that you may be navigating this in your mind for a long period of time, but this may be new to them. And then align yourself with community, mm-hmm. align yourself with, with, you know, coaches and therapists and, and online community and in-person community, but align yourself with people where you have space to, to begin this transition and this evolution, I should say, this evolution into your new self. Absolutely. And take action today, yeah. start conversations today, start your mm-hmm. research today. Don't sit on it. If you're suffocating, that's not a good time to be dealing with things. Yeah. You know, if you're there, you're there. You right. can't change that. Um, look out for the signs early so the transition and the change and transformation evolution is easier. Mm-hmm. Um, take action today. Mm-hmm. Um, start with easy stuff. Yeah. Um, start the conversations. Um, once you start, it's going to be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're sitting on things, if you're sitting in dissatisfaction, if you're sitting in discomfort and pressure, um, yeah, start today. Yeah. 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 So that's it. New decade, (laughs) new year. It's time to start today. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for listening and stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.